When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. That's really how I feel. That's like exactly how I felt once the episode was over. Holy fucking shit. Well, yeah, I mean, butter my ass and call me Davy Jones. That was pretty fucking wild. You're making fun of me and you just said that. You need to just shut up. (laughs) You know what they say, Paige. Well, I'm actually like secretly glad that we, I actually snagged a bottle of Cooks. I went to the liquor store this weekend because we had a blizzard. And I wasn't even planning on getting it, but there was one left, like, in the freezer. And it was, like, that moment where it's, like, ah, cooks, 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 like, a spotlight cooks. was on it. And I was, like, what? Magic. You know? And I, you know what I was thinking, though? I was, like, it sucks that we're, like, going to be drinking Cooks on an episode that's, like, not about Cal. <laughs> was I wrong? So let's pop this shit. Let's pop this bitch. Okay, this is a good bike. thing, too, because I realized the last few episodes that uh, since I've been drinking, like, drinks... The ice like clanks around in my glass, and I sound like fucking Julian from Trailer Park Boys. Like I always have like a a clanking like glass in my hand. Oh god, I'm scared. Oh fuck. Ooh. I like it's all. I always go to cover my ears when you do that, but I have Here headphones on, so I can't, and I hate it. Oh, yeah, that ASMR of Cook's entering a, thine the glass. The Cook's ASMR. This is what Cal <laughs> listens to while he's working. You have to do the little, like, swivel, like, do you do, you do that with champagne or just wine where you do, like, the, the swivel, like... I mean, I think, like, better sip, champagne sip. than this would warrant a little oh, swirl, but I don't know if you need to swirl Cooks. the Cook's. Nothing is better than Cook's. And also, for those that, like, are uh, brand, brand new to our can. podcast, real quick, 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 like, Cook's... If you don't know, you don't know, and I feel sorry for you, but just rewatch the scene where Cal's fucking jewels in the motel and you'll know why mm-hmm. we drink cooks. Yep, well, let's cheers true. to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. <laughs> to what? Cooks or Cal no, fucking jewels Cal. in the motel? To Cal being Mr. Big Balls. <laughs> cheers to Mr. Big Mr. Balls. Mr. Big Balls. Yeah, big time. Cheers to that. I really do need a big gulp of this before we start. We've come a long way that we're at a place where we're cheersing to um, to Cal. I know. What a, like, what a ride. What a journey. I, yeah, I have to say, like, what I was concerned about them doing this season with Nate, they did with Cal, but I was never concerned about it with happening with Cal, because as we talked about last week, he's far more sympathetic. Yeah. Um, so I like that the redemptive arc this season goes to Cal and I not too. Nate. Instead, Nate's, like, even more, like mysterious uh, and like we'll get to that dark. yeah i was gonna say i actually think nate this season 
It's like the same, but it's not. I'm I'm feeling a little different, but not in like a positive light. But he's doing less outwardly evil yes. things, but there are hints. But we don't at know yet. Deeper, too. there's hints at like a deeper like psychosis going on. Like yes. he, we're getting like, you know, we're he's the get, silent. He there are hints being dropped treatment. that he's like darker and more fucked up than we even know yet. So. When someone's that quiet all the time and is just like stewing in their emotions, you know, like they're they're just fucked up. Like I just like you said, I think it's we're only episode four. We're halfway though, so that's psycho. Like I can't believe we're already halfway. That's really weird. I'm kind of like bittersweet about it. Yeah, halfway. <sighs> Half the fifty percent mark. And like you said, we really don't know. Shit. There could be like like Nate could be stewing, and there's all this shit going on behind the scenes that we don't know yet. So right now I'm kind of like he's fine with me, but like. He's going to fuck shit up. I, I just feel it. We'll see. It'll be like last season where he just like drops a bomb and then you're like, fuck, I, feel like I he's hate you all go, over like, again. school shooter status or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I really hope not that far. I really hope. Well, before we even like just go right into the episode, what are your thoughts on all this like shit being spoken about, about Dare coming out with that article with TMZ being like... Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Before <laughs> we get into the actual episode, I guess we have a few like peripheral things we to We have talk to. About. That one, yeah, I mean, I think that's stupid because like A, I think Euphoria um, is up there with the greats in portraying like the horror of like drug use like requiem for a dream like enter the void type stuff like it's not doesn't look good no um and in season two it's looking even worse than ever so well I, uh, to give a little background though too for those that don't like deep dive like we do dare like came out to tmz and was like we'd really like to meet with like sam and like the crew on hbo and like talk about like drugs so that like people and teens watching this show don't glamorize it and think it's cool like they're yeah they're basically just called them out and said like which is so stupid <laughs> in my yeah. opinion it's so stupid. and i think uh aside from the fact that i don't think drug use is being glamorized on the show i also think that like dare's messaging about like abstinence being the way has been like a massive failure like yes. the war on drugs was a huge failure abstinence fails in every regard when you try to teach it whether it's sex or drugs or whatever like that's just not like a viable like message to communicate to no. burgeoning adults like it doesn't work <laughs> like people are interested in drugs and sex for reasons yeah and you have to like approach those things with like well thought out messaging about like how you can safely like engage in that stuff because people are gonna do it so, no for sure I don't know. stupid no not stupid but also like oh well, they're they're stupid what yeah, you said stupid. is not stupid though but like no it's stupid <laughs> Yeah, Alex and I were also saying, I feel like a lot of maybe Gen Z don't relate, but, like, Dare used to literally, like, tour and, like, would come to my school, and same with Alex, and it's, like, the way they would try and portray, like, drugs and, like, how dangerous they were, it was so non-effective, it was, like, laughable, like... No, it's ridiculous. In high school, they set up, like, a fake fucking, like, car wreck in our, like, parking lot, and it was, like, triggering, it was, like, holy shit, it was, like, a... It was, like, supposed to be, like, a drunk driver, like car accident scene and they were like this is like your brain on drugs like don't do drugs and i remember everyone just being like this is so stupid like laughing and being like why would they ever do this like this is- well they have that silly lion mascot too a which lion? is not helping yeah they have like what do you say like they have a silly <laughs> lion mascot he's like yeah like <laughs> you can stand up to doing drugs <laughs> something stupid like that you know because that's totally what a lion hey, would do hey kids 
Don't do drugs. Oh my god, Roar. I didn't know there was a mascot. Yeah, there's like a, a stupid Well, now it's like cool too to like buy the Dare shirts at like vintage stores. Yeah, because like everyone knows drugs are cool. Like, <laughs> Well, not when you're Rue, but sure. Not Rue. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, if you have the balance and like can handle it, of course drugs are cool. Like if you're not a fucking, you know. But yeah, long story short, I don't think Euphoria glamorizes drug use. No. And I don't think Dare is... <laughs> got anything valid or helpful to say about euphoria or to no. teenagers in general it's like a product of the war on drugs i like sweat watching just euphoria. Costs everyone obscene amounts of money and horror i just feel like nauseous and like sweaty watching rue i'm like this doesn't look great at all <laughs> this is not like no no like we were also saying like like shows like gossip girl and shit like yes they like glamorize it because it's all like fucking bullshit yeah i think like your general run of the mill like teen show is far more at fault for glamorizing drug use because there's no investment in showing like a long like drawn out portrait of like the horrors of drug use it's always just like a like brief like plot point like where it's like this person got really into drugs and they make it look great for a while and then the next episode they'll just be like sweaty and strung out and they're like now they have to go to rehab and, and then that's like the end the of plot. the drug plot yeah. like or that's like, way more glamorized than what euphoria is doing or you're going to riverdale where they call drugs jingle jingle because uh, <laughs> it's a cw show so they like I, can't say like heroin so they call it jingle jingle <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that. <laughs> so we can just say... That's, well, like, too easy to roast. We'll end it saying, like, Euphoria does it well. They portray drugs, which, if you're an addict, they portray it the way it is, which it fucking sucks. It's not glamorized, so kids out there looking into that shit, be careful. <laughs> so the other, like, random thing was, like, all these, like, rumors. There were so many bullshit rumors about this episode that someone was going to die, and there was some fucking, like, source that everyone was pointing to. Demois? Some fucking account. And all I have to say about all that is, like, that's all a bunch of bullshit. And I the Demois account is fuck. what you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's like, no one died in this episode. That was all fake news. Like, there was all this, like faux drama about like behind the scenes conflict and who was getting written off for what reason and it's all yeah. completely unsubstantiated someone like, like wrote into us saying that like jacob alordi like stormed off because he was so tired of like having to work with z because they, they dated. said like I'm four like... different people stormed <laughs> off the set and they said like four different people were gonna die like it's just like stupid no one even died no the one that's coming up the most though that i don't really care about because i just like don't really care about like on-set drama like who cares but everyone is saying that Kat stormed off set on Euphoria. And I, I like, kind of want to get the girl on the pod and be like, just clear the air. Did you storm off? And, like, maybe she did for, like, a hot second, but then came back and was like, whatever, like, moving on. Whatever. It's all a bunch of fake news. Or it never happened. Like, right. This is all, like, complete, like, hearsay. And the whole, they were using this to, like, say that, like, such and such person was going to die or be written off in this episode, which didn't happen. So I'm like, I don't care about that. No. Um, I can't believe how much that dominated like the news cycle like leading up to this episode like in I don't know the why. euphoria world I'm like where did this come from who cares well it Bullshit. wasn't just that it was also there were so many then people were talking about Algie Smith like also like storming off set yeah, so we've got Kat, Nate, and Algie all at once like storming off set it was just like a like shit show of like a storm of like bullshit like, yeah just like no- 
Yeah, like, I, don't I don't know. care about any of that, and none of it ended up affecting the episode in the ways they were trying to insinuate it would. Like no, and we just don't. I whatever. Also, we well, we kind of talked about it. Like people were saying that Algy was mad because like he actually had like an you know an episode about his characters. He felt kind of like and once again all fucking bullshit hearsay. We don't even know if it's real, but he was like saying like he's bummed that his characters just like out episode one. I was, like, talking to Alex about it the other day, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, McKay's in college. Like, I don't want to see, like, McKay's life in college. I don't give a shit. Like, I love Algie. I loved his part in season one, but, like, I don't really see, like, a need for, like, a longer, like, drag out of Algie's character pertaining to, like, the story. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of weird how, like, much they gave him in season one to then drop him in season two, but I agree with you that from, like, a plot standpoint, it doesn't really make that much sense to have him hanging around anymore, so I, like, get it. Like, I'm not salty about it. You'd have to really, like, bend over backwards to be like, here's why this college guy is still involved with all these high schoolers, (laughs) like... That's what I'm saying, like, and also, like, maybe that was part of it. Maybe they were like, it's kind of weird that, like, this college guy is always around all these high schoolers, like, let's move on. Like, sorry, McKay, but you're getting the boot. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, Algy, but you know what? Algy's doing well in his career, so like, good job, Algy. Like, he's fine. Good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, in other words, we have no idea if anyone even stormed off set, but according to like the mass media, like six people stormed off set. According on the to Dumois. <laughs> what a weird. What the fuck ever. What a weird situation. I looked into that account, and it's just like not even worth like talking about any longer. But it was weird, like how no one knows who it really is. I'm like, really? Like no none of her friends have outed her account is. or him. Like, they're all fucking anonymous. Like it's not like so wild that it's like no one knows who it is. It's like yeah, it's like I don't really know so, who like Diet Prada is. I mean, they like were anonymous for a long time. They came, they've come out since then. But like, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of accounts. I don't know who it is. Who cares? Who fucking cares? So weird. But yeah, a lot of drama on the Euphoria outskirts. Also, like a lot of weird criticism mixed with like a ton of praise. I think Euphoria so far is getting so much more praise where it matters. But there is a lot of weird like bullshit criticism of people being like, this season is like not good. Like. Strongly disagree. I've liked the uh, the this episode, the last episode, and the first episode are my three favorite episodes of Euphoria ever. That's crazy. I mean, I so I have a. I only didn't I really like episode it. two. I like all the rest yeah, like a right. ton, and this one like That's an blew me out of water. Say it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I'm two sucked, but yeah. season one is like so strong for me. So I'm, I'm, but I'm really happy with season two. I'm like, I'm Sam is not letting me down. Yo, yeah, this was maybe, this was like, this and episode one of the season are my two favorite episodes. I thought this was so good. Yeah, this episode, like, just everything from, like, the lighting, the script, like, the dynamic of all the characters was just more entertaining than the other episodes. I just feel like all across the board, this was, like, euphoria to me. Like, the score, like, the real, like, deep emotional parts were pretty fucking crazy. Then you get some comedy. Mm. Like, I just feel like this episode, like, had it all. It was, like... A perfect euphoria package with like well, a little yeah what i really like about this season is that they're definitely like moving away from like the high school drama it's not all mm-hmm. just like interpersonal like high school like like you know yeah. teen girl drama and it's, it's been more much more like out there way more like surreal more like metaphysical like gnarlier sure. just like the storylines are just like far more interesting and have more like gravity than the like you know classic like teen yeah. stuff we were getting in season one well and you always like how sam's kind of like you always say like he's kind of gonzo like 
he definitely takes things to like the next level on certain yeah. things. Yeah. So I'm I'm here for it. I feel like this one definitely took it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just appreciate that we're moving out of this being like a high school like teen show to being something like much bigger with bigger ambitions and bigger impact. Yep. Agreed. I already need another glass of cooks. Pour me this. Well, let's go. As we dig in, but Alex and I for the life happy of... to provide. <laughs> Thank you. For the life of us, we literally cannot figure out what the title means, but what's the title, Alex? Do you have it pulled up? Um, I don't. I don't even remember. I, I actually have it. I couldn't find it. No, I have it. It's like a weird, like, quote. I'm guessing. I was thinking maybe it's some kind of, like, I don't know. It sounds like Shakespeare or something. <laughs> you who cannot see, think of those who can. I don't know. Uh, I've got nothing. All I could think of was, like... Are they paralleling that to, like, there's shit that you might not see, but, like, no, fuck it. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I After last week, thinking rumination was root plus imagination, I feel like uh, I can't, like, I can't look too far into this. You can't I'm make just gonna, another guess. Honestly, too, with Euphoria, it's either, it like, has a ton of meaning or it's just Sam being, like, I really like that 90s song. So, here it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have any, like, guesses or, like... No, I'm, I don't. I haven't floated any theories <laughs> as to what that means or how it relates to the episode. Well, sign so. the DMs if you know. I, I, I mean, I would like to know, but yeah, we really I'm, couldn't find anything. I'm open to hearing people's thoughts on that. Um, obsessed with this whole rules love montage. I think that's very funny and like cheeky. Yeah, the opening montage is fucking great. It's um, so fun. Titanic. We've got Snow White. Yeah, I mean, there's like a heavy like. <laughs> classical art influence in this episode in particular but in the opening scene of course you have tons of like art references with the magritte painting and the botticelli painting mm-hmm. and the john that lennon photo and i don't know what else Free is that how you say it i thought Free it was botticelli it's botticelli botticelli excuse me You're is it right. really though oh my god am i right for once yeah yeah it's the botticelli, botticelli the if you look like behind the scenes on how they like created that, it's really cool. Um, yeah, it looks awesome. On Instagram, I think like one of the set guys like just showed how long it took and like it's really dope. Like Hunter's just like laying in like a pool of water and they really did like create that whole thing. So like none of it's like just like on Euphoria, mm-hmm. everything's like built by hand, like yeah, not, like practical. CGI or like you know. <laughs> no, it's always like practical effects, which is nice. They do a good job with the yeah. practical stuff on this show. I was cracking up at the Brokeback Mountain moment mm-hmm. with little <laughs> little Sebastian in the background looking on. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the Snow White one. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, super fun, different. Yeah, they haven't really done any cartoons other than season one when they did like Cats fan fiction. Oh yeah, that one's so funny. The one D, mm-hmm. the One Direction. Yeah. Well, we got a Rue's squeaky awkward orgasm, <laughs> fake orgasm. Yeah, Rue fakes a horrible orgasm. Which uh, like, we've all done this. Like, I haven't done. This. <laughs> really, never in your life, no. not once. No. Wow. I mean, I don't. I mean, generally, guys I don't, don't think need it has to. to be offensive, or it's very obvious. Like, you can't. It's hard to like fake totally. orgasm as a guy because it's kind of yeah, you can I guess. Tell. Well, I would say maybe for you personally, I think everyone's different. How they like your sex life is very complex, right? Like everyone has a different vibe, but like I don't think it's offensive if you fake an orgasm. In this case, it's offensive because Rue's like high as fuck and she's not like engaged. Like that would piss me off if I was like mm-hmm. doing the work. Like I'm down like in the pussy <laughs> and you're like down in the trenches yeah like just say like more one style just do the courtesy and say i'm too fucked up 
like we've all been there i've had nights where like and you know what i mean like i've just been like i'm too drunk it's gonna have to happen another time and that's fine like you should do that so i get it but yeah she's down in the trenches and rude just fucking fakes it but i don't think it's offensive if you fake it because sometimes you just like want to please your partner and you're like all right they're like into this so i'm just gonna like uh, <laughs> and make it great i don't know but rue failed at it though. she wildly fails at it all right so rue does this like incredibly just beyond awkward orgasm and all i'll say to that is like i don't have a problem with people fake orgasming like sex is sex sometimes you have mental blocks sometimes things aren't going your way or vice versa like it happens or maybe you just want to be like courteous to your partner and give them the win for the night but like it's very clear that rue is just like totally tuned out she's fucked up so in this case it's not cool meaning like she's faking it out of like selfish like she should have sat up and said i'm fucked up or this isn't working for me because yeah. Jewel's down there, like, doing the <laughs> doing the dirty and, like, doing it well. And that sucks. My thoughts on it are that, like, a one-off isn't generally problematic. No. But I think that overall, like, transparency is better. So, like, if you're not into it, I think you should just say, like, you're not into yeah. it. Yeah. Or, hey, do it this way. Or Especially if it's someone you're in a relationship with. Like, yeah. I think it, it's not healthy for either of you if you keep faking it because they think they're doing great totally so things aren't gonna get better unless they well, like know they're not and Jules and Rue are kind of learning that right like they're navigating through like their sexuality together like there's you know this is like very new to them they're like yeah, even they're though babies, we've been like, watching them for a whole season this is like the first season we're really seeing them like have sexual interactions so yeah right. it's just shitty that like Jules when she it's like flip-flop right last season Rue was all in very vulnerable and Jules was kind of like not out of it, but doing her thing. And yeah. now, like, Jules is all in, super vulnerable. Like, you can tell. Yeah. And Rue's, like, <laughs> she's literally, like, physically out well, of it. Well, faking an orgasm is the least of Rue's crimes at this point. So we then can, at that point... We can both agree on that. We get the shocking kiss. Jules and... I always I always say everyone's name. I was going to say Dominic. Jules no. and Elliot. Jules yeah. and Elliot. Which we called last week. We did. And I hate that... Not that that's some, like, big achievement. It was kind of obvious. Yeah, it was kind of obvious. But I hate that I, like, kind of like them. Like, and I mean it from, like, this moment. Not because I know the whole episode and what happens later. I was kind of, like, into it. I was like, oh, like, I could... Oh, I hate that I like this right now. Because usually I'm such a rules, like, rules for life. Like, nothing can intervene. But I was kind of like, Jules is having fun, and I don't know. I feel like Rue's just kind of fucked her over this season, so I guess that's why. I'm kind of like, she deserves a little, like, a break and, like, some happiness. Not a not a fan of Elliot, but as we've all seen, he does significantly redeem himself somewhat. As, or I don't know that he redeems himself, but he establishes that he has some, uh, some, some integrity. strong integrity and moral character. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, like, hate him, but I still don't particularly like him. Uh, we were also joking obviously like, like rules is out the window like we yeah. just completely like torpedoed that so i'm not over here being like some rules die hard unfortunately i know i like, wish a bummer to say but like rue has completely like made that an impossibility in the near short term so yeah she's really going through this i addiction. can't really like be like upset at jewels at this point that's what i mean like i wasn't like mad at jewels where normally i'd be like no 
felt like pissed, but I wasn't mad. If right. anything, I was like, who could blame her? Honestly, right. I'd fucking make out with Elliot at this point because Rue's like a fucking dry towel. She's and like, she doesn't even know that Rue's on drugs at that point. Well, and also like extra like I wrote this down in my notes, and I also saw it all over Twitter, so I I feel validated in it. The whole episode, I was like, I don't want to shit on Jules, but how does she not question Rue's state of mind? I mean, Rue looks. <laughs> there's all these tweets of like really funny memes of like a literal like a cube with like a face and they're like jewels like not noticing rue looking like this every day and it's like yeah that's kind of how i feel all the memes slap the like silly stoner eyes but you made a good point which you should talk about on here yeah i was about to but i think uh i think probably a lot of that is like an ignorance is bliss thing like jewels went through so much to get back to a place where she was like i'm in the lake rue like i want this to happen and rue was allegedly sober at the time so it was like one of those like technically on paper like we can be together and she wants to be together and even though there's like hella red flags she really wants to be together so it's easy to overlook things in those moments even though you're probably she probably has that voice in the back of her head like rue's been acting all over the place so i'm sure that she has something like yeah red flags but and they're like in love this isn't like a fling like they've said it many times so when you're in love you often like overlook all the red flags there could be so even if you see it you just when you love someone and really care about them you'll give them every excuse so she's probably like oh she's just a little high on weed like she's doing her thing She's being cool in front of Elliot, but yeah, the whole truth or dare though was funny when she was, <laughs> Elliot's like making out with Rue and she's like, okay, like your 10 seconds are up. Like <laughs> she definitely, Jules definitely gets like more jealous, but I think that's just because Rue's so fucked up that Rue's she's getting fucked even... up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But wow. So the triangle just continues to get more and more <laughs> insane. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people are here for it. I saw on Twitter, too, a lot of people being like, I'm kind of here for, like, the threesome. Like, I like, like, the dynamic. Like, they should all date. Yeah, I mean, it seems like <laughs> the we... Pollyanna it seems like, like potentially that was Elliot's endgame all along, was to get both of them. You uh, were saying, like, lucky bastard. And he is. He's got, like, the I mean, two hottest <laughs> women ever. <laughs> that guy definitely... Dominic is a, a lucky dude. He is. Sure. He is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it hurts, like... I think that they really go to, like, the extra length here with that opening montage of all the like art inspired like love scenes to really like hit you extra in the gut with like how real their love is and how fucked it is that like rue's like unavailable because there is like something like special there like they didn't show you that for no reason like no that was like very much like a testament to the fact that there's like real like serious love there but it's just so fucked by Rue's drug addiction, though. Yeah, There's no sucks. way. So they really, like, extra, extra hit you in the gut by putting that in there. I know. I and then it. showing how awful it is. Well, my favorite... My favorite part of the... Well, actually, no. I have so many favorites. But my top favorite is definitely Maggie's birthday party. It's... I would like to say it's lit, but it's, like, lit in a bad way. It's not a good <laughs> lit. But, yeah, we kind of get, like, you know... the They're kind of showing us, I think, in this episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, too. I feel like the whole Nate and Maddie thing's kind of fucking with my head because they're going a little deeper. I feel like season one, you see the surface level, just extremely toxic, beyond abusive relationship, which it still is that. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like in this, they're not only trying to give Nate a little more like humanity, but they're showing a little more of like a softer side. Meaning like even when they're talking outside, I didn't get that calculated vibe I always get from him, even when he's talking to her. And she's like, did you ever, like, did you know that, like, I loved you? And he's kind of like, uh, I don't know. 
And he's very, like, no emotion, but he's not evil. So it's, like, very trippy to me because I'm so used to always being, like, fuck Nate, I hate him. But even when he's with her, he's like, you seem really comfortable here. Like, he's talking to her like an old-time friend. And I'm like, buddy, you choked her. Like, why are you here at, like, her job? Like, coming in all right. smooth, drinking Vove, like, <laughs> which, by the way, they should be drinking Cooks. I hate that they're drinking Vove. Yeah, right. He's really uh, betraying Cal. And his, like, Abercrombie knit sweater, like, trying to be all smooth, like... I get that he has motives. He obviously wants the disc. There's a risk there. So I see the underlying, like, there could be an alternative motive. But a part of me is like, this sucks because Maddie's, like, doing better. And he's about to fuck her shit They have a very, uh, they have a strange dynamic this season. And I'm not sure where it's going. Yeah. But it's very strange. Um... But do you know what I'm saying about Nate, though? I feel like they're making him a little... Not soft. Like, it makes sense. I'm not mad about it or have much of an opinion, but I feel like he's not as, like, cold and, like, he's very evil this season. I don't really know yet. He's very passive. I think we That's can say he's passive. That's what I'm saying. Passive. passive. Like, just quiet and, like, existing. But he's so, like, emotionless that it's hard to judge, like, where he's at or what he, like, wants or is thinking ever because he's being very passive about what yeah. he's doing in the, at the moment. He's really just kind of, like, sitting back, and it's hard to say if that's, like, because Calculated he's, like, plotting or, yeah. or if, like, he's just in some kind of state where he doesn't really know what's next, so he's kind of drifting. And yeah. I don't really know yet. Because season um, one, he's, like, a knife to Jules' throat. He's choking Maddie. He's slamming Cal's head into the floor. And then in this episode, he's like, like you said, very passive. Like every episode so far, yeah. I'm like, is Nate like? But on the flip of that, we have Cal like giving like big heavy indications that there's way more to Nate than we even know. There's a lot. Which makes me think that like this is not necessarily as innocent as it seems. What but do you, for know. you being such an anti Maddie, are you still like not a fan so no. far? No, not really. Um, really despite like her kind of become like despite her being a better person without Nate, i would say like she even says it like in that scene where she's like i loved you did you not like notice and then she says something like you know i'm not like a bad person you just brought that out of me i don't remember exactly how she says it but he says like it's weird seeing you not cruel and she's like i learned that i'm not cruel i just was with you even that i don't know that i you don't agree? I don't know that I know that because what we've seen of Maddie's past is pretty savage. Yeah. So I don't really like know that I think that that's true or not true. I don't know. I think Natty and May Natty and Na- <laughs> Oh my god. That's like Nassie Fucking and hell. Not Nassie names. and what did I yeah. say? Kayla or <laughs> Kate and Nassie. Nassie. <laughs> wow, you fucked it up too. You're like Nate in this moment Jesus. when he's yelling at Cassie and he's like Maddie. I mean Maddie, Cassie. Cassie. Nate. <laughs> Massey. Nassie. Natty. Natty. God damn. Um, I think that they're both in a difficult to read place right now. I think Maddie's yeah. maybe a little more empathetic this season, but I also don't really know. Like neither of them have been exposed to like high drama like situations where they we've had like some like tests of like where they're at morally. So it's hard to like it's hard to say. I feel you. I think they're both kind of obscure in their like motivations and where they're at at this point in time. I like the Cassie Nate like interaction in his room. I was dying. Serial killer bathroom. Yeah, you hate a serial killer bathroom. It's terrifying. I was that's a kill room. I was cracking up at his IKEA photo of like a air a military jet jet. above his bed. (laughs) 
classic. His room could not be more like IKEA, just mundane, like boring ass, like jock room. If there's any, if there's any signs that Nate really is like a sociopath serial killer, it's definitely his bedroom. Well, it's also him rubbing. I, I also wrote this in my notes. Why the hell is Nate rubbing his leg over and over while talking to Cassie? Is he lotioning Paige, it? He's an athlete. Well, he's like, do you see that how he's doing that though? Yeah, his leg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole time he's talking, he's like massaging his hairy leg. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know what that's about. Nate just uh, feeling himself, you know. He's feeling himself. His serial killer bathroom. I feel. Up. I feel really, really sorry for Cassie, just all around, but also particularly in this moment because I think when you have, like, it's so clear she does not have confidence because of her dad leaving. And her never having anyone validate her. Like, she just... We've already talked about it. She's got daddy issues all Mm -hmm. across the board, which usually leads to intense insecurity. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned from, like, my own experience and other people's experiences. And I feel like it's sad because a part of me, like, wants to, like, believe in her when she's like, oh, you don't think I can be crazy? You just fucking watch. Because I do believe that Cassie has the capability to be a strong person, but it sucks that she's just, like, not there yet. It's like, I mm-hmm. see it. There's the potential. It's not fake. Meaning, I don't think when she says stuff like that, that she's being, like, bullshit yep. or, like, stupid. I think no. it's there. There's a fire burning. Like, she's like, you're right. a piece of shit, and I, I'll go crazy on your I ass. I was about to say, she had me sold on it at that point. I, I thought the rest of that episode. But then it was like, I love you, and she was like, yep, you do. <laughs> she left the house, and I was like, but she's not like Maddie. She's not confident. Like, Maddie would be like, yeah, you fucking do. Oh, I didn't think... She, I thought she was just like, that's bullshit. She was pleased. Like, I know you're full of shit. No, I think... No, if you watch her facial expression when he says, I love you from the stairs, she looks happy. Like, she you looks... So? A small part of her looks like, I knew you were gonna say that. Meaning, like, uh, she's playing the game. Like, she I was, thought she was like, you're full of shit. Like, and you thought this was gonna stop me leaving. And, and then she maybe. leaves and she's like, fuck you. Like, I mean, good for her leaving. Yeah, no, I, I think we're both right. I don't know which one's correct. It's just our own interpretations. But I saw that a little glimmer in her eye was like, this is what I wanted. Meaning, like, it was goal-oriented. Like, she did mm. all that drama for him to rush to the fucking stairwell and be like, I love you. Like, I mean, and you know why it, I like, say he's that? he's half asleep. Like, but you know why really I say that? Genuine. I'm not proud of it, but I did this shit. So that's how I know. Like, I was her when I was growing up. Not, uh, nowhere near her level of, like, yeah. scary and secure. But, like... Right. I would fuck with guys like that growing up in high school. I'd be very like, oh, you just watch. Like, you, you better fucking. <laughs> you manipulator. I was, though. But then the, they'd come crawling on their hands and knees, and it is like a good feeling, but it's not right. Like, you that's dog. not. That's what high school teaches you, though. You learn as you grow older that oh, that's yeah. not what you want, but in the moment, you feel very, like, fucking. Well, we powerful. know Nate's not going to be crawling on his hands and knees to Cassie, but. Uh, yeah, I really. Uh, I don't know though. I feel like in that moment he kind of was because he just screamed at her and then he said, "I love you," which is like that's. He's he, just trying to control her. It's you just think? like that's the absolute. He says it like he's half asleep. Like it's the absolute like bare. He's like, minimum. "I love you." He puts in zero effort. <laughs> he's saying it purely to keep her from going off the hook. And he's telling like, Maddie, you've uh, like acted point. like you're about to be completely psycho. He's like. I'll just say I love her to, like, you know, throw that out there and, like, get her to, like, be on board and not screw me over. Okay. I didn't think of it that way. You're right, though. He's just, he's doing damage control. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. I saw that as a total damage control. He throws that bone out there like he's, like, barely cares. She, like, thinks about it for a second, and then she's like, nah, I don't buy it, and dips. That's how I interpreted that no, scene. No, you're right. But yeah, I do agree with you. I really, like, in that scene, I bought that Cassie was about to go fucking crazy, and I did believe it. 
and I thought at the party it was gonna go down, but then she kind of crumbles and doesn't can't really follow through. But no. I was convinced; she had me convinced that she was that crazy. Same. Also, <laughs> obviously, this is talked about so much, but like I'll say it right now: like I actually genuinely not because I'm a Sydney Sweeney stand for life, but I really do think like I hope she gets an Emmy for like Euphoria this year. I feel like she's done enough work now where she's like in the pl- you know I don't want her. I don't want her to win an Emmy for White Lotus, and I have a bad feeling she'll be nominated Dude, for that. White Lotus. I want her to win for Euphoria, so I just I want like you know I just want her to do well, and I feel like in this she's definitely like, carried this. I think all of them are amazing, but like her part in particular has been the most emotional. She has the real like high high drama, high emotion like role of the season. Yeah, and so it's not far, easy yeah, to do that. She's done great. It's not easy her. to do that, and she like. <laughs> She makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, fuck, you need to let her therapy, like, now. Now yeah, and forever. Yeah, she's completely off the wall, and she's selling it. We get this, like, amazing scene where Cal comes down with his little fucking head wrap. His toilet paper, like, head wrap. <laughs> He's cracking up, oh, and this man. is where we get the Mr. Big Balls. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Uh, he calls Nate Mr. Big Ball. What else does he say? He's like, you and that He's dick like, swinging. Or... I see you like swinging dick, like big winner. Like, I also like how Nate's dinner. just like signing his card to Maddie like with his Tiffany bag. And he's just like. Just completely ignoring He's him. just like, fuck you, dude. And then he goes, wear your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cal's like walking away, cracking up like a manic Yeah, and Cal's lunatic. like, okay, dad. <laughs> Cal is like. Cal is like, I'll already call out the superlative. Like, he's the bay of this episode. I was Cal's the cracking star of this up. episode for sure. He is so funny in this. Like, hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. But we got all these like flashes, right? We're back to like Elliot, Rue, and Jules playing yeah. their little truth or dare. Yeah, truth or dare. I so dare you to lick my classic tummy. Classic high school <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you'd be in the hot tub and you'd play like, let's play the finger game where you put uh, down a finger if you'd done something dirty. Like yeah. they're definitely like doing that type yeah, of shit. Yeah, they're being very high school. But I kind of like seeing this. I already said that last time. I mean, I they are like in high it. school, so it's fine. Like, I'm not mad about it. But. So why do you think, I was going to ask you this, I took a note. I forget, like, why does Elliot not do the line that Rue left him? Is he just not feeling it? Because he's, like, he's feeling bad about Jules. Now he knows uh, Jules. He's, and like, now connected he's, like, with Jules Now a he, like, bit. knows and is close to Jules, and now he feels shitty about, like, yeah. facilitating Rue doing drugs, like, the whole time Behind they're back. together and stuff. So I think he's, like, Ugh. And that I sucks. think he also likes Jules now, so he's, like, I don't want to be, like, hella fucked up around Jules and, like, not have her know, like. Yeah. No, so I, I get it. Yeah, he's just feeling bad about it. Well, that that's good. Like we said, he has some integrity, and he, his character does, like, we're okay with Elliot now. Like, last week, we were like, fuck, we were really, like, I made a whole post on Instagram about how much we hated Elliot. So now I'm like, I kind of have to, like, I'm not going to act like we love him, but we're, we're good with him. I think he's always had he's bad motivations, now. and I think he may still have bad motivations, at least partially, but he has also shown that he has, like... Yeah, like you said, he just has integrity. Yeah. So I'm not really like mad about it anymore. Like he's just trying to he's trying to get it in and Rue honestly gave him like a massive opening. Like Rue is not like satisfying Jules. It he gave can't him be this that like mad that he's stepping in a little bit to a He gets point. to support Jules without feeling guilty. Like that's the mm. best position to be in if you're like, yo, I'm with this girl, she's cheating on her girlfriend. But also, like, she's really sad, and, like, that girl's not for it. She's not there for her, so, like, here I am, the big savior, like, yeah, lay in right. bed with me. And yeah, it's like, right, <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean when I'm, like, I still don't necessarily trust his motivation, but at least he's, like, a stand-up dude. Like, Yeah, he is, but also, like... 
or in she some, just, in she some just gonna, respects. She, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that he's like interrupting the relationship, but I get it. Like, yeah, I don't either. I mean, that's what I mean. Like his motivation this whole time has been pretty questionable. Like, why is he involved with them at all? Like, yeah, and this whole like let's go steal alcohol that was like, dude, it's very high school. Poor choice. They... Funny, funny though. I mean, nothing happens of it that's that like. Yeah, Bad. but that car window, that costs probably, what, like 100 to $200 <laughs> to replace, and they got, what, like a $15 box of, like, White Claw out of okay, it? Okay, not just White Claw, Black Cherry. Let's, like, let's just take a minute here. Uh, you go into a gas oh. station, you have yeah, a Jules plethora, a plethora, and Jules goes for the Black Cherry White Claw? Jules not even cooks? Out. There's only, like, what? Well, how many cans are in those things? Like, like not even 12. 12, 16. 24 sometimes. No, those are the really big ones. Like, there aren't even that many cans. Between the three of them, they're not even going to get no. drunk off that. It was just dumb. And honestly, like, Maybe it's fun. Maybe we just have a high tolerance. In high school, you're dumb as fuck. You do shit like that, but also poor choice in alcohol. Why didn't they just go to Fez? Fez would just sell them alcohol. I think the point was to be, like, fun and daring. Like, yeah, sometimes it's fun okay. to do stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it was fun. Like, they clearly were having fun in the moment. But then right. it takes a turn because Rue's I mean, a real fine. asshole. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Rue's I mean, we can just skip to that part. Rue is like, they yeah. get to a point where they're like driving away, and I don't know what it is, but I think Rue's just acting kind of weird. Oh, she's drinking. And yeah, she's Elliot's drinking. like, Elliot's you can't like, drink. Don't drink. Like, and then Jules is like, what the fuck is going on? I'm very like out of the loop. But I didn't realize that even in this moment, Jules still doesn't know about the drugs. She's yeah, just kind of right. like, what's going on? But Rue is I think like that's a why real he doesn't dick. push it too hard. He's like he like brings it up, but he can't really go further on it without like revealing that Rue's yeah. on drugs. So he doesn't like go too much further. But he like still says something because he's like, "Dude, you're gonna die!" Like, don't yeah, like up. don't drink that black cherry white claw, Rue. Don't do <laughs> I it. I think anyone's don't gonna die if they drink it. black cherry <laughs> white claw. To be fair. <laughs> But yeah, that's like the most tragic part, right? Because she literally says, like, leave me alone to Jules. And it's like harsh. It's not like no, drama. It's fucked up. She's way mean. It's yeah. really sad, but it's also like, it's just a classic tale of an addict. Like, yeah. Even on the, like, last week, we already saw, like, the deaths to which Rue was willing to, like, fuck over the people she loves for her addiction um but this week i think the like sexual aspect of it was like even like a new layer of like darkness like i feel like oh, in, yeah, i feel like anytime that's in a movie or something where someone's like just like ruined like sexually from like drug use and they're just a disaster like that's like sometimes almost like even darker or can just be like very like unsettling and like creepy for but, sure like mulholland drive like when that whole scene oof yeah dark heavy like super very dark, dark. Like, I got some, like, of those vibes in this. The very, yeah. like, drives through the canyon, the, the lighting, yeah, the, the dark, uh, like, horror aspect. Yeah, speaking of, like, the the use of, like, film was super, like, obvious in this episode. Really with pretty. The, the lighting, like, it was very clear that there was a lot of that grain on the really dark shots. Um, and I also love that, like, I love the lighting this season. They've transitioned from, like, the real, like, neon heavy stuff. So this real, like, inky black, Mm -hmm. like, incandescent light, like, chiaroscuro thing that really goes with, like, the, like, especially in this episode, I feel like it goes with the real heavy, like, traditional, like, art, like, vibes. Yeah. They nail Um, it, though. Yeah, and like you said, it's a little horror, um, especially, like, the whole birthday cake scene definitely looked like a horror movie, like. So pretty, though. Like, so well done. Yeah, for Everything sure. Everything in this, like when Cassie's dancing with the balloons and getting like strangled, like 
Mm-hmm. It's very like artsy. And like some people could, that's why I think Euphoria is not for everyone. Cause I always say this, some people watch Euphoria. So we had someone write in, I was literally pulling up my phone to look at it. Someone did like a, they wrote into us and quote unquote, like change my mind, bitch, which is what we do. I'm, I'm not trying to like jump to it, but they were pretty much like, we disagree with you. We feel like this season is a lot of drawn out dancing and like experimental and we're not into that. Like I can't fuck with the pacing. It has great moments, but I want more dialogue and less of this like artsy shit. Mm. And I'm only saying that right now instead of putting that at the end because I was thinking this is why I liked this episode. And I feel like that's where Euphoria doesn't like sit with everyone. I don't think it's this like CW show that everyone's supposed to just like like. It's very tailored to people like you and I well, that's why that I can like appreciate real depth and art and complex storylines. And so for it's someone... It's just aspirational. It's aspiring to be more than like a teen show uh, or a high school show or whatever. Um... It's not like light on its feet. There's a lot of shit that like... I do think you have to also have like a cinema background to appreciate Euphoria. Ooh. Hot, hot takes from Paige. I do think that. I'm going to be pretentious. Uh, so I think say that's a little pretentious. I don't care. I feel like a lot of basic you people. You have to have a certain pedigree. But a lot of basic people are like, I'm really not into like season two. And I'm like, well, and that makes sense because it's not some like basic, easy plot line of like high school. Like you said, it's a lot more deep. And there are like certain parts of it where like you have to appreciate like weirdness. You have to be kind of gonzo and like I think you have I... to be like appreciating Cassie, like strangling herself in cheap balloons mm-hmm. and like the music and like. The vibe of it to me is like so invigorating, and for some people, that's like a turn off. They're like, "This is weird," and you're like, "Well, I think I, <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about." Though I do, I think I disagree in that I don't think that you like need that background to appreciate or love what's going on. I think it can deepen your understanding or what you get out of it to recognize the influences he's pulling in. Um, but I don't think that that's like a prerequisite to like what's going on on and what's happening i think it's just different different vibes and different storytelling modes for different people and i think like uh, i mean the reason i'm into euphoria is because this element was present in season one just to a much smaller degree and that's the only reason i was ever even interested was because you got these flashes of it now on season two it's out in like full display and that's why i think i really like liked season two so much but in season one, with more of like the mix, I think there were a lot of fans that were probably on board for the other reasons that were it was a little more like high school like drama, well, a little more pop culture um, too. Like the music was like Drake, like yeah, it was all too hip-hop. short. It was like all this stuff that you can relate. It was to. real like fat. It was like making like fashion like waves. It was very like scene like trendy like you know mm-hmm. social media modern whatever. And this season's like drastically different and the influences are much less like on trend or Mm -hmm. current and are much more like pulled from like a rich history of like art from like like this whole episode is like based on the whole beginning of the episode puts on display like what he's like influenced by these paintings these like i mean cartoons we talked about what was it the spanish like like all kinds of stuff. What was it that he talked about? That Spanish murals was like his main inspo for this whole yeah, episode. Yeah, the shot with Cassie with all the flowers is inspired by these like Spanish or Everything Mexican, though. He said the uh, church. Mexican like Virgin yeah. Mary murals. Like so The church, the swimming pool scene, like everything's very like Mexican mural 
Right, and that stuff was very, like, present in season one, like I said, just to a lesser degree. So I think how much you're liking or not liking season two very much depends on how much you like that part and how much versus, like, how much you were there for, like, high school drama storylines. Because those yeah. have been largely dropped to the wayside in favor of, like, something, like, for sure far more, like, conceptual. And that either well, works that was my hot take. I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. Yeah, but I before we move off of the subject, last thing I have to say is I think that the lighting in this uh, season, this kind of like newer style of it, um, I think it complements the storylines really well because it has that like classic like baroque art feel of like mm -hmm. very like high drama. It's very high emotion. It's like you know, it's highlighting scenes of like lust and betrayal and mm -hmm. like you know real yeah. like like familial like beef like you know the yeah. re the real real like heavy <laughs> stuff season one was like you know like who did this who's blackmailing who who has, who has the sex tape like it yeah. was much more rooted in like the current moment mm -hmm. and like and in like day-to-day -day, like bullshit about who's going to jail who's getting beat up who's fucking yes, who yes absolutely this is like you know the real Next high level. drama like shakespeare shit like yes. and i think that the lighting really well labyrinth says up. the same thing about the Nicely. score it's not just the lighting he said like season one fantastical a little more like you said like trendy like fun yeah whimsical whimsical but this season's very like it's all spiritual it's like very heavy like church tones yeah, like right. it's getting a little deeper and not necessarily darker but just like a little more yeah, gospel beefier but moving yeah. on i guess from that little rant sorry i just thought of that and went hard in saying that but i just that's my hot take <laughs> go hard girl <laughs> but we, we got to continue with the birthday party because this is like the iconic. I, I would say this was my like highlight of the episode other than Cal's like monologue. But this whole birthday party is insane. Let's first talk about Miss Howard and how she's just fucking Mrs. Howard. Uh, Miss, oh, it's Miss because she's like not with the dad. Miss Howard. <laughs> yeah. She's like, girls, you're my girls. Like, let's have a good night tonight. And they're all cheersing. That was all the moms in my hometown. That's so weird. I was joking with Alex. I was like, that's like, that's kind of cool. And Alex was like, that's not fucking cool. No mom should be letting like high schoolers drink. I mean, it's like if she gets caught for that, you can go to jail. Like, I know. It's like serious shit. Like, I know. I don't In think the it's ideal like, world, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But I'm like, you're right. Like, I don't necessarily dumb. think it's so like irresponsible. Like, I don't necessarily, I'm not like, oh, it's so bad to give like high schoolers alcohol. But I'm like, I don't think it's a very good as a parent. Well, a single parent of two girls to put yourself in like legal jeopardy. Like, over well, something she's like already this. been knowing her daughters. She's already been questioning her daughter's state of mind. She's like, is your sister okay to Lexi? Yeah, and then she's right. letting her child every alcohol bottle in the house it's yeah like, right come on miss howard like... quit twerking on bb in the living room and <laughs> yeah. take care of your daughter <laughs> come on lady step it come up on. let's go these kids need a mother lexi's about to write a play exposing her sister's private life to the entire school like for sure step up i do think i'm Where planting a tiny seed i won't dwell on it but i thought the scene because of us talking about barbie possibly storming off set whatever i actually am in opposition I think Kat's storyline is progressing pretty normal. Has she had a lot of screen time? No, but that's not to say there's four episodes left. Everybody needs to calm down. She might have more of a story. Also, I think that like this little moment between her and Maddie was needed and important when they're at the party and she like tells Maddie like her feelings about Ethan. I feel like it was cute because Maddie and her had that huge falling out in season one and all you really see is them at prom kind of being like, mm -hmm. I'm cool with like sitting at the same table as you, but we never see them like rekindle. So I thought that was right. sweet that Maddie was, like, a little more human and, like, gave a shit and was like, girl, like, 
if you feel that way, like, you yeah. gotta go with your feelings. And I was like, see, that's where I'm a Maddie, like, stan. And Alex was like, I still hate Maddie. <laughs> I don't know if I... Well, this season, I don't, I don't know, know that I cute. hate her. Maybe she's gotten bumped down. She was like, come dance with me. It's my birthday. Fan. Like, have fun. Like, she was being cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her a little... Give her some points. As far as the cat storyline goes, I agree with you. There's still four, se- four episodes left, so I don't have a problem with it. And also, like, the- there's only eight episodes. They can't, like, feature every single storyline no. in, like, grand detail. There's going to have to be, like, a pairing down of storylines over time well there doesn't have to be but if you want to really like dive into these you need to like pick the two Let them big ones and, like, you can't rush them all into like one episode um, and i don't but what i will say is that i i think the only thing i find problematic is that we've just been like presented with this fact that like cat is super unhappy with ethan without that ever being like shown or explored like what is going on we don't have no clue we've never why seen she's that so dinner. miserable with yeah ethan. so i'm like can we get like a little more like is he bad at being a boyfriend it doesn't sound like he is no. she seems like he's perfect but like I don't I understand it. where she's coming from with Same. like being like unhappy with him because we never see them together. Totally. Like, does she is she just like secretly at heart she needs some big manly barbarian guy and that's what she lusts after? Well, and I think that soft. is it though. Like, I was. I mean, she say. was into him in season one though. You know, he was going. Yeah, to, but she told Maddie what she said. She said it's just too good, and I think from season one we kind of learned that that actually does make sense without having too much detail, which is that she was like fucking older guy like she got exposed to like a lot of stuff like i'm i'm yeah. just like i know it wasn't it wasn't what she like saw as like oh love and like a good right thing. but i feel like they're playing it off like ethan's a pussy and he like you know he's a little inexperienced but he also showed that he was down yeah like, like in halloween he grabbed her into the bathroom yeah right yeah. so i'm like well he wasn't like you know mr like soft boy like True. i know he was they're, like not giving him enough credit he was a little like a bit of an early comer justice like, for ethan you know like i know that happened but like he wasn't just like i know a total he jizzed his pants in like five seconds but like give him yeah. a minute like he wasn't like mr like goody two shoes <laughs> like he was a little down for stuff you know? i agree he was I down agree. to like eat the latex nun the nun yeah, costume he out, was down so. he was hot so the birthday party is like it's a shit show, but it's also, like, kind of fun. I, I I liked this a lot. Yeah, the birthday party commences. It just keeps going. It's a hot mess. BB's got an Adidas dress on. I love it. <laughs> She's twerking in the living She's room. She's really swaggering in this episode. Every time they show her walking, she is, like, moving. I know. I like it. She's just having fun. She's hustling. She's drinking. She's having a good time. She's keeping it together. Lexi looks super cute. I was, uh, a lot of people were Lexi writing in and cute. tweeting. It was kind of funny. They were like, Lexi's like too mature and cool to be like involved in the drama. She's just observing for her, like her play. Yeah, a totally. lot of people were like, she's definitely like purposefully like standing back. Oh, for sure. And like not engaging to like yeah. make note. That's what I thought the whole time. Like she's just like, so I think she's so kind of like turned off by a lot of what's going on with this friend group that she's like. And she's so passionate about, like, the whole play that she's doing that she's really, like, taken that backseat role as, like, the, yeah. like, the observer and the recorder. Well, and we she's all know just, what like, that's like. When she's you're documenting like... <laughs> everything, and it's all going to come back later. For sure. And I feel like we've all been there when you're, like, passionate about a project. She's just very, like, all-consumed. Yeah, I love it. But, man, do we just dive into the hot tub scene? No, well, no, no. Wait, what first, else? first, Cassie walks down the stairs. 
wearing yeah, bathing suit it out this bathing suit and everyone's just like the fuck like cat looks at her and i love i love when cat goes well that was a what did she say that fit was a choice something like that <laughs> i forget no that's literally what she said she's like that fit was a choice yeah. like ooh, like what yeah. like very baffled and then she's in the basement like classic rocking it with like a bottle of white wine just like her mom yeah balloons but then she's also when she's walking down the bathing suit you and i were laughing and we also want our listeners to do some research what the fuck is cassie drinking what's that light blue like when she's in vodka the basement, ice she's drinking wine well, like yeah. white wine but pre that she does have like a clear bottle of like, like windex blue that looks like <laughs> some kind of like shitty wine cooler that's probably a wine cooler yeah i guess it's not that exciting to do research but i'm just like i want to know what she's drinking I didn't there's purposely not a though. label and they i have a, to do that i am a connoisseur of cheap alcohol and i didn't recognize it no but but uh, what else we got uh maddie throws out some good hood wisdom to cat she says <laughs> she says people are retarded <laughs> which is genuinely great wisdom cat is always so worried about what everyone else is like thinking and doing with their lives and how to like approach her life based on all this stuff and like at the end of the day people are retarded so just don't fucking think about that stuff and do i know you. like and honestly that's like why i love maddie she's just like relentless like i feel like she reminds me of you and i sometimes like she just kind of says what she thinks and she's like you know what i don't care that like retarded's a word we can't use right now like shut up just listen to my advice <laughs> i don't think she said that but <laughs> No, but I'm saying Kat, but did you hear Kat? But Kat was like, Maddie, like, I'm pretty sure you can't say that. And she just ignored her and kept going. And it's like... Did she say that? I don't remember that at all. Yes, that's the funny part of it. Kat literally goes, Maddie, I'm pretty sure you can't say that. And she's like, whatever, they are retarded. She doesn't care because Maddie's just like in the moment. She's just really like herself and... She's not in front of, like, an audience. She's not, like, insta-live, like, using that word. Like, she's just kind of, like, cool and, like, herself. I don't know. I just always love Maddie for that reason. She's kind of unfiltered. And it's not always right, but, like, I kind of like that she just owns it. She's not PC, that's for sure. (laughs) That is for sure. But, you know, neither are we, so. So, we got the jacuzzi scene. Everyone's, like, trying to wind down from the night. I'm already laughing because I'm like, God, this is just such a shit show. But it's also something that would probably happen to you and I with our college friends. Cassie just fucking pummels into the hot tub, like falls in and is like, like happy birthday, Maddie. And like can barely sit. And everyone's just like, the fuck? Because everyone else is like very level, like chilling. Like, yeah, no one's maybe really have like, like two glasses of wine. No, no yeah. one is wilding out. Every, if anything, everyone's on really good vibes. But I love this part because as much as I know you don't like Maddie, I like that her and Nate have this moment in front of everybody. Meaning she's always kind of been behind closed doors with Nate. And she's right. He gaslights her left and right. And she has to report back to her friends and tell them. And they kind of roll their eyes like, well, yeah, he sucks kind of mode. Which is still the same. But for them to like see it in real life, I think was important. They're never around when they're fighting, so it was kind of funny, but also, like, Nate was just kind of being normal. He was like, we're not together, and she was like, what was that? (laughs) You said that, like, way too fast, and he was like, I mean, we're not. So in that moment, as a dude, were you kind of, like, siding with Nate? Like, he was just being logical. He was like, I mean, we're not together. Well, she said it first, so it's like he's just playing off of what you said. I mean, he fucked up if 
in the sense that if he, he wants looked to at get... Cassie before he said it, did you see that too? Yeah, I mean, I think he fucked up in the sense that if he wants to get back with Maddie, that wasn't the right thing to say. He should have said fucking nothing. Yeah. But like, it's not like he said he anything so wrong. But he doesn't want to get back with Maddie. Is the point? Well, he's trying to kind of schmooze his way there right now. But she, like, you know, she said but it not first, in real life. He's he trying to, agreeing. like you said, for alternative motives to get the disc. I don't know if I even really know what his motives are at this point. He's really uh, been a mystery this season. He has. And I have no clue. Maybe but... he doesn't even know. Yeah, who the fuck knows? <laughs> but it is funny because he looks at Cassie. He's like, no, we're not. And then Maddie's, she's not stupid. She's like, what did you say? Like, you were so quick. That was like a reflex. And then I kind of like the cat is like, shut the fuck up. I have my own mind. How dare you like insinuate that I would just like side with Maddie like out of fear. Because yeah, cats right. never been like that with Maddie. Yeah, right. I mean, I was happy to see Nate get roasted by them. And, like, they're not wrong. It's just that, like, he only said that because she said it first. Like, he didn't come out. He didn't jump the gun on it and be like, no, we're not back together. She said we're not oh, back together. Oh, I think together. he did. I think he did because Cassie was in such a poor state that he felt kind of sorry for her in that moment and was There's trying no to cover way. it. Oh, I think so. There is no way. He looked at her when he said it. He was uh, clearly w- trying to be, like, giving her the, like, no, we're not. I don't think he gives a shit about Cassie. Oh, I think he's juggling the two of them and it's not working out well. I don't think so. I I think he he wants both. He wants Maddie because Maddie and him have history, but he he like I think part of him really does like Cassie. I don't know. I kind of think he's ready to dump Cassie in the dumpster, but well. I think he is after the next part where she fucking projectile vomits everywhere. Then, yes, after that. I mean, even before that, him and Maddie were outside watching her lose her mind in the basement. He's just like, what the fuck? That was funny. And Maddie's like, he's like, she always like this when she drinks. And Maddie's like, uh, yeah. No, I think he's all in on trying to get back with Maddie for whatever reason. And he just, I think he just fucked up and jumped the gun and agreed with her when she said we're not back together. And then he was like caught. Okay, well, I will say this watch it again later he looks right at cassie when he says it that's all i'll say so if he's looking at cassie he's clearly looking for her like reaction so i Mm. think there was underlying tone to that but but it's such good timing how when she's like you said you wanted to marry me have my babies and then cassie is just like like everywhere like a psycho and we watched the behind the scenes. It was kind of cute and fun to hear, like, how they had to, like, put a straw or whatever. Like, what was it? Like, a a straw or something, like, in her they mouth? Had, like, like, a, a mountain pack? Or, like... In her mouth that connected to, like, some pouch. And when she bit it, it would, like, shoot everything into her mouth. And then she had to, like, spit it out. I would have really vomited if that was me. It sounds pretty disgusting. I have, like, gag reflexes. And she also, like, you can see when she does spit it out, it's chunky. So I think it was, like, chunky. <laughs> it's chunky. Well, she has chunky bits I mean, it is. everywhere, yeah. and when she's throwing up, and I'm like, can you imagine sitting there silently during a scene as your mouth's being f- filled with, like, chunky fake vomit? I would actually vom, like, on the spot. No, that sounds horrible. But it's a great scene. Everyone's, like, <laughs> screaming. BB and Kat are like, fuck this. They, like, get out of the hot tub. It's a, it's a, That's probably one of my favorite Euphoria scenes, but the best scene is this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I literally made a note of this. Fuck Miss Howard for, for fucking, like, pulling Cassie out of the hot tub. Like, I yeah. get it. She's the mom. But I'm like, that could have been the moment where Cassie spilled the beans. I really think Cassie was going to say, like, 
I had sex with me. I feel like she was about to just oh, really? unleash she it. She was way too fucked up. She was like, Daddy, I'm she sorry. Could barely she see. was sobbing, I'm sorry. And her mom was like, honey, like, shh. Like, I think quiet. she was just feeling the guilt of fucking up her birthday. Well, she was feeling the guilt of yes, the relationship everything. with Nate. But she was like, yeah. outwardly expressing that. as like, I'm sorry, I fucked up Yeah, but I'll show you some funny tweets later. There were some hilarious tweets for, like, Miss Howard's, like, you know, taking oh, yeah. around the hot tub. And they're all like, Miss Howard, you fucking sat like... Cassie was about to like spill the beans and you like like she dead body like carried yeah. Cassie out. This hour dragging her out of the hospital. That is a great scene though because when you're she did that so well because when you're that fucked up that really like is how it be like you're just so like Whoa! like she was she did it dead weight. I just think Cindy Sweeney captured what it's like to be in that state of like just pure like vomiting drunkness where you are just like yeah her face was like beat red like and my favorites when she's going up the stairs and looks back at nate and you can tell nate's just like oh fuck like never mind i don't know i think he's been done with her for a while i think he was done with her after the vomit i would be that was nasty he definitely nasty but cassie's losing her goddamn if he's still on board after that he's even dirtier than we thought poor cassie well we ran out of cooks so we're back on the cocktail vibe so uh yeah excuse the ice jingling around like we're fucking trailer park boys up in here and i'm drinking out of a metal straw it's real clanky so sorry not sorry so what else happens we got the well we have to is that it for the party scene is there anything else yeah i didn't have any other notes other than like city sweeney killed it like the whole red face going up the stairs looking back at nate in that moment, I'm like, Nate, ooh, you gotta drop this. <laughs> like, you've gotta say yeah. bye bye, Cassie Howard. Like, she has lost her goddamn mind. Yeah. It's sad. She's off the hinges. Oh, she's yeah. desperate. She's just done. She's a sloppy Joe and a half. But I love I love her character, so I hope she's like a phoenix that rises from the ashes, <laughs> but I don't see that happening yet. Yeah, I don't know about she that. She needs some serious therapy. All right, cool. We have to dig into Cal, I think, next. Or should we talk about Rue? Well, we have the whole Rue dream sequence. Rue gets, like, obliterated high. Maybe ODs again. We don't really know. But, like, in the behind the scenes, Sam is talking about, like, how Rue reaches this place when she gets, like, insanely high where she can kind of... She's, like, kind of between worlds and she can, like, interact with her dad in some way through these, like, crazy high dream sequences. Well, I also um, like that he also brought up the point in the behind the scenes little clip. He said that you have to always remember at the root of it that Rue lost her father. And that's extremely significant to her drug addiction. But it's not the reason. But it is something that she always kind of goes back to. And I think often like throughout. I mean, it's the reason she started doing drugs. It's not the whole reason she does drugs because we know that she has underlying other issues. I'm saying they don't use that as an excuse throughout. Right, but it's deeply connected to her drug use because that was the catalyst for her to actually start using drugs. Yes, 100%. But I think that's yet another reason I fucking love Euphoria is I feel like they don't just point to one thing and go, yep, of course she does drugs, her dad died, like, duh. They they didn't make it like this formula. It's very like spiritual and that whole scene oh my god i was absolutely per usual like sobbing that was just so hard to watch because it's first of all it it kind of brings you back to season one when she has those like funeral type moments where you don't Mm -hmm. know if it's her funeral or not and her mom's giving the speech it's very like yeah jules is there elliot's there it's kind of like what it's just like you're almost you don't care about the details labyrinth is there (laughs) labyrinth is there with his hand outstretched (laughs) 
I've <laughs> with his hand outstretched to the heavens. I love Labyrinth. Preacher Labyrinth. I love Labyrinth. I also he's just so adorable. You can't not love him. He said this was like his favorite moment in time ever. Like filming this was just like incredible because he's just kind of always been behind the scenes. Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. So kind of cool that he gets to be in it on stage. Yeah, a little red tux. And it, I will say this. Once again, Sam does a good job of, like, not making shit, like, cheesy or unbelievable. Like, I just didn't think that that was not, like, in any other show, I'd be like, that's fucking stupid. But in Euphoria, I'm like, that makes sense. Like, we don't have to know it's Labyrinth, but, like, he's just, like, the church preacher dude. And, like, she's in this, like, weird drug state. She's, like, hearing the music that's all throughout the show. Yeah, and he's an analog for her dad. Yes. He's wearing the same color, yep. and she's embracing it's very him symbolic. and envisioning yeah. it being her dad. And then at the end, you have like the the horrific pull away where she's just like staggering around alone in her room, like, which is like freaky. So, yeah, so dark. It's dark, but it's also I don't know. It broke my heart, and the reason I was like sobbing was because I've like had moments like that. Like as I've said on this podcast many times, like I lost my dad at a young age, and there's many times where I've obviously i'm not a drug addict but i've gone through my like really fucked up phases in life and when you've lost someone it sucks you like feel like you're like doing them wrong like even if you don't like me i don't believe in like afterlife or any of that shit i don't like think about it that way but you still feel that way you feel like what you, do you like, feel like you're doing them wrong in those moments like because, what is it that you because feel like like rue i was a child she was young Mm-hmm. And so you have this, like, you only have a childlike relationship with your parent. Mm-hmm. So you want them to think the best of you. Even when you're an adult, people I know now that have parents, like, they almost, they don't, you don't always want your parents to know what you're doing. Like, you're not telling your parents uh, you're out, like, projectile so, like, vomiting like, in jacuzzis right. and, like, doing drugs. So when you're doing drugs or drinking, Well, you like, remember the part guilt. where she's like, I'm, I'm not a bad person, I promise. And her dad's like, I know you're not a bad person. Like, no one ever said right. you're a bad person. So she's just feeling guilt for, like, right. the shit she's going through. And I can just strongly, that's like, it gives me like literal goosebumps because I've felt that way so many times and I'm not a spiritual person. I don't think Rue is either, but I think sometimes when you're elevated or like fucked up, drunk, stoned, whatever it may be, you, you do kind of connect to that shit. At the times, Alex knows this, like anytime I've felt really like I've really opened up and been vulnerable, I'm not like proud of it, but it's usually when I'm fucked up because you kind of get in this state of like, if you're not a really, like, open person about your emotions, that's, like, the time where you feel liberated and you can, like, yeah. feel those things. So you I get why Rue alone in her room is, like, so dancing with her dad even though he's not there. Like, I get that. Like, it's it's dark shit. But, like, if you're not someone that's, like, openly going to therapy or talking about this shit. Sometimes that's the only way you can access yes, those, like, which is drugs or for thoughts. Or, like, experiences. Yeah. We've learned that Rue literally can't feel things without drugs. She's said it many times. I don't feel until I do drugs, and that's why I do drugs. So it's it's dark. Yeah. But, yeah, that scene was so well done, but, wow. Heavy yeah, as shit. But not as heavy as what Cal has to say in these next couple scenes. Hot damn. <laughs> Cal really is, like, a mood and a half this episode. He's he, a character. So He's the he, main character energy. Yeah, big time. Cal, I've, you know, Sydney Sweeney for the Emmy. Let's talk about Eric Dane for the Emmy. Yes. And <laughs> it takes a lot to whip out your prosthetic dick, piss all over the floor, the fo- while the foyer. every member of your family. Well, also, um, I read an article Prompt. right before we did this, and Eric Dane said that that monologue was actually, like, extremely difficult, and, like, he, they did, like, 16 shots of it 
in a row, but I was like, that's it. Like That's meaning, a lot. Oh, that's it's a lot. lot. Oh, I know. But he said, like, part of him manically laughing and kind of being crazy was because of how many times they did it. Yeah, that's that Kubrick shit. But he said it was really important, and he was on the same page. Like, he was involved in, like, I want to do it again. Like, he wanted to, like, get it perfect. Yeah. So I think that speaks to, like, Eric Dane being a baller. Like, he... Because he really, like... He did such a good job. Like, that scene well, when was when I was watching it, hilarious. it just keeps going. You think it's, like... You think you've hit, like, the bombshell, and you're like, holy well, shit. Well, they don't cut. I and think that's all one go... scene, right? A monologue's usually, like, they don't usually I cut. I don't think so. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. But, like, they just... You, when you're watching that scene, you, like, hit the bombshell, and you're like, holy shit. And then he just keeps going. And then he keeps going, and he hits, like, bombshell after bombshell, and you're like, God, how long is this scene gonna fucking go on? He's just like roasting every member of the family and like scathing detail reviewing like revealing every family secret like the only thing i have to say before that that we totally forgot is when he takes off his shirt in the bar and is like want to wrestle well yeah let's back it up so before (laughs) this cal is drunk driving like a maniac literally hands in the air like no like a roller coaster yeah like he's in a roller coaster He hits up his old gay bar. Yeah. He's like kind of like the like he's kind of like the the beat like old queen like that's yeah. like seen better days, but the younger gays like kind of like They're respect and like yeah. have some love and compassion for and that guy's so sweet and like dances with him and it's all like that was cute. It is. It's really like hunky dory and like cute until Cal's like you know <laughs> he's like I was a state champion and then he's like want to wrestle like because he's so into like thinking it's his old bud. Yeah, his old bud want to wrestle him, but this this guy doesn't. This guy's like the fuck. I thought we were having like, a moment. No. Like you were crying a minute ago and now you're like wanting to yeah. wrestle. Yeah. So you know, Cal gets uh, state champion. He gets thrown out. Yeah, he's staying champion. <laughs> rips off his shirt. He does get the disco ball, which is nice. Yeah, he does get that as he leaves. I'm mm-hmm. proud of him for that. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, as one smart person does when completely wasted, he gets in his car and drives down like the most dangerous. Well, before he ever. drives, he gets the he gets the wink of approval from the uh, the old mural man, <laughs> the old cowboy on the mural, gives him the secretive wink of approval. Which was funny because when we were watching, Alex and I were drinking when we were watching, and I was like, Alex was cracking up and was like, oh my god, like, the mural just winked, and I was like, no it didn't. I thought Alex was <laughs> fucked up. I was like, you're so dumb. Yeah, you didn't believe me. I was like, shaming you so hard, and then we rewinded it, and I was like. You thought, you completely thought I was full of shit, and I was like, no, seriously, and I had to back it up. Yeah. But yeah, the mural the gives mural him a little. The mural man did wink. The mural gives him a little wink of approval, and then he goes. I kind of love way. that. I kind of love that. Drunk drives his ass back home, and then. Uh, and then yeah, we then get it, this like crazy then monologue. It all goes fucking loose. He so he's on pissing the in the foyer. He's whipping his little prosthetic dick around. <laughs> and that was another funny part in the interview that I have to bring up. Of course, they were like, "We have to ask, was that a prosthetic?" And he was like, "Of course, I could not have lasted sixteen shots of my dick out." Yeah, but he also also laughed he's always yeah. so funny he was like i could have done it but no one wanted that <laughs> <laughs> like he was down he was like i'll like do like, it whatever. but like i don't know if it'll look like good on camera yeah <laughs> but he does this crazy like i mean I, I have to get my notebook open for this i wrote down all the quotes because there were so many good yeah, quotes there's in some this good lines. what was Even your before favorite he gets home the at the bar i forgot about how good it is when the bartender or the bouncer is like i warned you like 10 fucking times not to wrestle anybody <laughs> what does he say the bar the, oh, bouncer, the bartender says that to the bouncer's <laughs> like i warned you like 10 fucking times not to wrestle anybody <laughs> 
<laughs> like Cal's like a notorious like just loves to like wrestle people like at the bar and they're like get out of here. So funny they're like get Idiot. the fuck out. But yeah, so I like how home. after he's peeing, he just looks up at his wife. He's like, I'm lonely. And that's it. Yeah. And she goes, put your penis away. And Cal goes, no. <laughs> I literally wrote this in my notebook. I go, after peeing equals Cal saying, I'm lonely. Marsha says, put your penis away. And Cal <laughs> says, no, period. Oh, oh Meatball. Meatball. What's up, baby boy? Meatball's out here yelling. Yeah. Oh. oh. Right. Do we need to take a break? A Meatball break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right. Okay, we're back from the meatball break. Sorry, our cat is loud and vocal. And he also has opinions about Cal. <laughs> um, and I think Meatball, the reason he probably yelled was because there's this quote that I also wrote from Cal where he goes, I'm a Rottweiler. <laughs> <laughs> Literally direct quote, I'm a Rottweiler. <laughs> he was just naming, like, he was like, I'm a dog. I'm a Rottweiler. He has some amazing lines. It's kind of, that's a little like He Joe said, Rogan I energy. eat what I kill. Do you know how many men I fucked? And his sons are just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And the only sad part is the wife is genuinely baffled. And I didn't realize this till I read. Sometimes you don't notice things until you like read the behind the scenes shit. But Eric Dane in this interview said that the point was that the wife actually never knows about his gay lifestyle. I actually, I I feel stupid. I didn't know that. I thought maybe she knew. And that's why in that moment she was kind of like rolling her eyes like, like we're not rolling your eyes but she was just kind of like right why right now are you doing this meaning i thought maybe mm. since then they'd had like discussed it like when mm. she said she was pregnant i thought maybe they had a talk about it got it but he says very clearly that like no this is the he said like eric dame was like i feel bad for like the wife and the storyline because she really doesn't know like any of this so she's having to find this out right which is shitty like yeah if your husband's just like i am like lonely I'm pissing in the foyer. Like, I regret I've my son. I've been fucking son. men our like, whole marriage. I've been fucking yeah. transsexuals. Like, he's like, I've been fucking transsexuals. Like, women, men, I don't care. And it's like, wow, that's a lot as, like, a wife to... Oh, yeah. Even though they don't have... It's very obvious that they don't have, like, this happy, like, go lucky relationship. But it's still shitty to, like, find that out. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, boy. And then there's that other quote. He says, I'm a sexist chaser pig fucking creep. Yep. Great line. <laughs> that is like... I got real uh, Joe Rogan energy from a lot of him during yes, this, this whole scene. a real scene. meathead. Yeah. He's uh, obviously a little more uh, a little more open-minded than Rogan in his sexual preferences. But uh, the, the Rottweiler stuff and, like, and the real also, aggro, like... Yeah, he's like, I'm a dog! Like, he's real, like, he goes, fitness, I, like... I eat what I kill. Like, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? What does that have to do with <laughs> Like you eat chili. That's not even. Like I eat a... what I kill. Is probably. I feel like that's definitely a direct Joe Rogan quote, right? It has like... to be. But like, God. also, we joked. Alex and I literally at the same time both looked at each other during the episode, and we were like, "Why is Aaron living at home? Isn't he like thirty? He looks like he's oh, like thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, for... he looks older. Like, like no judgment. Maybe he really does. Meaning like we've we lived with your parents when we were like thirty. So I'm no, like, I'm just kidding. Okay. We were like we were like twenty. Twenty-two. Okay, twenty-two, thirty, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> but still like. We were just joking because we were like, he looks so much older than Nate. He does yeah. not look like a high schooler. I think it's just because he's supposed to be like a burnout. Like, yeah. With nothing going on. But yeah, I mean, he does get a, a what I think is arguably the best line in the entire episode. He comes out <laughs> and Nate's like, what's going on? And Aaron goes, dad's standing in the foyer with his dick out. 
<laughs> which I just love. That's so like. I think that's like one funny. of my favorite lines in all of Euphoria. My favorite, well, not my favorite. Which uh, also, that's a that's a meatball vibe for sure. Our cat. Yeah. He doesn't whip his dick out. Meatball is always standing. <laughs> meatball is always standing in the floor, always pissing in the floor. Oh, and then, he misses the box. And then later, he pisses on the floor. And then later, when Cal's like, uh, "You two assholes can draw straws to see who cleans it up." That's like me and you. That is meatball to us. He pisses on the floor, and then he looks at us like, "You two assholes you two have, have to figure, figure out, out who cleans up my piss because I just <laughs> peed all over the floor." So another words were cal and meatball is no we're aaron and nate meatball, oh, is, meatball cal. is cal meatball pisses everywhere our cat meatball is off. cal we're left to deal with the aftermath my favorite too is when cal out of nowhere is like aaron do you know how much porn you have on your computer i see like eight people pissing in other people's asses like you watch <laughs> yeah, so much porn your mother would be ashamed and he's like you hear that marcia like you're your son watches porn. It's like, what? Where is this coming from? Well, I like from? that part because he's manic. Well, it's funny though because he gets off the easiest. Everybody, Marsha, he's like calls Marsha like a freak and like a big slut, and he's like, "You're still into that guy on Facebook, that camp counselor." He says Nate's like a total psycho mystery, and Aaron just gets off with being like, "I don't like your taste in porn." You're like, yeah. well, "Your your porn taste is too hardcore for me." <laughs> so overall, I think he comes out pretty pretty good, like compared to everyone else. You know, he, he does... gets off pretty easy. <clears throat> He does say to Nate, well, first, he drops the real, like, gnarly bomb of, you are my regret, or my biggest regret. He literally looks Nate in the eyes and says, you're my biggest regret. And Nate just says silent. Savage. Outside in that moment, we're both like, how have we never thought about this? Meaning, we've always just assumed that Cal is Nate's biological father, but now I'm definitely questioning that. I kind of think he still is his biological dad, really? but that Nate's crazy or something's going on with him. In that moment, I was like, maybe it's this illegitimate child of the camp counselor that Marsha is like flirting with on Facebook, and that's why he's so like, I don't know, not into it, or he's adopted. Or yeah, something. there's something there. I don't know. I think it's just that he's turned out crazy, but we'll, we'll see. see. But he but does it also have that. Said- Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say earlier in the episode, he has a line that kind of indicates it's more that it's his kid, which is when he's like, you're a part of me that I will never understand, but I take full responsibility. He also said like that indicates it's more like his kid. But to piggyback off that, he also says, I'm so sorry that I fucked you up with my double life. And he says that to Nate. Mm -hmm. And so a part of me is like, oh, weird. Maybe that was just because Aaron was born. He had to, like, be a father. But then after that, he was, like, struggling with his, like, sexuality with, like, his life, his family. And then Nate, maybe Nate was like, oh, surprise, we're pregnant. And then it's like. No, I think that that was an acknowledgement (laughs) of the whole sex tape thing. I think he's Uh, like, I know now that you've, like, watched my, like, tapes and know about my whole secret life. So I think that he is acknowledging, like, how much his, like weird sex tape thing like fucked up nate yeah that's sad i will say that's the first moment where i do feel sorry for nate because nate's just there quiet and i'm not saying i'm like sitting there like oh boohoo i feel so sad for nate like that's not how i feel it's more that like in that moment if your parent looks in the eye and says you're my biggest regret drunk or not like that's i mean that's savage that's hard to swallow and nature sits there and kind of in silence once again just kind of but he's not he doesn't i don't know how to explain it he does look pretty i saw a hint of sad not sad but fucking crazy he looks crazy but i also think he looked a little like he's not shocked i will say that he didn't seem surprised no i think he already knows that yeah he has a straight face but there's gonna be some shit that goes down 
Cal, though, I will say, like, great. And I wanted to bring this up, which I don't think you know, but all over Twitter and every everyone's, like, so mad. I don't get it. They're like, Rue's supposed to be the main character. Like, we don't give a fuck about, like, Cal and his backstory. There's all what? this drama about it. Yeah. There's, like, all these people, like, heavily... That's weird. Fans. Not people that matter. But, like, fans are heavily criticizing that, like, where's Rue? Like, where's Jules? She had her special episode. Like, where's she? What the fuck about Cal? Like, we don't need to see, like, a white male story. Oh, you know how it is. Come on. I know, it's so Cal dumb. and Nate were established as integral characters to the story. I know, and you have to know their story. One. They I were know. always established as important characters. I know. It's all bullshit, but I'm just bringing it up to you because I knew you'd be like, oh my god, because I was like, this is so dumb, but everyone's like pissed that Rue and Jules are kind of... They're which, crucial to the story. They're the two main villains. But also, villains, Rue and Jules so are not on important. the back burner. They're equal. This whole episode, every episode we've seen nah. is equally divided. This wasn't like the Cal... It's not like Cal's getting like... He got, what, two episodes of some backstory. Who cares? Like, people are taking this way too literally and just need to calm down and let the story play out. I mean, I don't even feel like that's worth addressing. It's like, if you want to tell a story, like, in the long term, and you have a show format to do it where you have room, why would you not explore the background of characters that are significant to the plot? It's also important. Sorry, but he's a primary character, so... It's a disservice to the story to not explore his motivations and psychology. Yeah. Like, not only is he a primary character, I think it's important to see people at an older age go through shit like this, not just young people, because guess what? That's a thing. Yeah. People at an older age have realizations, realize they're not happy, go through midlife crisis. That's normal. But yeah. anyways, I thought you would thought that was like kind of funny. Yeah. Well, then people are uh, so dramatic. <laughs> it all wraps up neatly with uh, Cal grabs the portrait with the, the third son who is yes. clearly I really thought we were going to get the answer to the third mystery son, the little mystery bean son. I thought we were going to get the answer and we didn't. But do you want, no, he's clearly do you want of importance because he takes the portrait. He walks out and he writes off the whole family saying, this is farewell to the entire family. <laughs> he says, this is which farewell. I love. That is so savage. He says that? This yeah, is farewell? Yeah, he's like, you've all like backed me into a corner. He's like, I'm an emotional man. Like, you've all like made me like, you've all like forced me to not make emotional attachments. He's like, that but secretly sad, you gave me a true. way. He's like, yeah. secretly you all like gave me a way out. He's like, I'm free now. Like farewell farewell to you all <laughs> like fuck. he's just like fuck you all i'm never gonna like see you again well hate to burst the bubble of the mystery of the third son but eric dane confirmed that he literally in an interview flat out that i read said i've finished the season i can tell you i don't know anything about the third son what are they gonna make the us interview asked the interviewer asked him so are we ever gonna get the storyline of the third son and he said i'll just be transparent i don't know and i also don't know what the story is behind well they're it. obviously going to give us the story eventually because at this point it's become crucial i know but if it doesn't but I'm happen saying this he season, doesn't know oh, yet he on. flat out said he doesn't know yet so Jesus. sorry euphorians i can't but believe we have to wait till season three yeah baby little son isn't happening Fucking season hell. two God so damn. we'll end it off with like the whole tie-in of, I was only going to bring up the, you know, the Rune Jewels thing one more time because I noticed at the end scene, you know, they do those really pretty shots of, like, Lexi in the theater. Mm-hmm. We also, I don't want to go too in-depth because I don't want to go, like, too long into this episode, but we also see Fesca get some news from Mouse that I don't want to ignore. Yeah, I mean, it's just a real brief scene. They're watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers. 
him Faye, and ashtray and... i love that they're all just always chilling watching good movies that's great <laughs> yeah. and getting stoned yeah it sounds great it's like us and yeah. then he hears from uh he hears from what's his name mouse, custer right he hears from custer that oh, mouse's mouse like baby mama is looking into like mouse's death and is like what the fuck happened to mouse which fuck. doesn't bode well they better have dealt with that body <sighs> right but i feel like they probably didn't like not well, to discount Fez. Fez looks he's stressed. pretty good, but he looks pretty stressed. And if you had hid that body real good, you wouldn't look that stressed. Well, he's probably just stressed because of Ashtray. He, like, that's his little bro, and he's the one that killed him. So he's probably feeling, like, the weight of, like... I mean, if it comes out that they did it, Fez will take the, the fall for Ashtray, obviously. Yep. So Which I'm, is why all of our fans are presuming that Fez is going to have a bad moment and die. And I hate I that. hope he doesn't have to go to jail or die for this. I really just hope they hid the body well, but they probably didn't. I know. I just couldn't go without saying that. And then the only other point I wanted to bring up was this moment that you and I both separately thought of, which is when Elliot and Jules are together and you see like two prominent scars on Jules. Mm, yes. And I, when I saw them, I was just completely baffled. I was like, I just didn't even know what to think. I was just like weird, I guess. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But you said you, did you do research and find out? Or like, I heard people presumed? saying that it was like Jules, like cutting herself, which seems plausible given like the stress of the situation. That's and that they sad. seem fresh, and there's no other excuse for them. So I'm assuming that that's Maybe she correct. in the shower or something like that kind of thing. She just showered and oh. wherever, like. That's but yeah. so sad. I hate that for Jules. That seems probably right. I also liked at the end when they show like the picture of Rue and Jules, and they show like Rue as a baby, like running around. <laughs> that sounds weird because Rue as a baby is weird, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she said. No, I just, like, I wrote down the quote. She said, I love you. I've always been with you before you were born until after you were gone. I love you. I've always been with you before you were born until after you're gone. I don't know why. I thought that was, like, weirdly poetic, but also, like, I couldn't tell what she was talking about. But at the end, she says, I love you, like, four times. And then she's like, it's always been you. But I was wondering, I don't necessarily think that's Jules. I was kind of wondering if it was, like, about her dad or maybe even about, like, her addiction. Like, I don't know. Like, meaning, like, it's always been with her before she was born and then it's still with her, like, kind of vibes. But maybe I'm reading mm. way too into it. But she says it, like, it's very prominent because it's, right. it's what the episode ends on. I interpreted it based on the opening sequence of, like, the Rue Jules love story as being in reference to Jules. But oh. that may not be true. I don't know. I thought, why would she be in love with Jules before she was born? I mean, that doesn't. I mean, not to I mean, be like not a romantic. Real... Well, but because like... they kind of set you up at the beginning of the episode that it's real. This real like true love thing. This like real, a Romeo like, Juliet serious, kind of thing. Like, romantic, yeah. like yeah. die hard forever, like love thing. So like they so kind of set it up that way at the beginning, and that makes everything that follows more tragic. So I don't know. I guess I interpreted it as. Re- referring to that but it doesn't necessarily no you're convincing me you're convincing me i feel like that's very like romeo juliet vibes but i think that's a good spot to end on plus that's their story obviously yeah yeah romeo and jules rue rue and julio (laughs) yeah rue and julio (laughs) exactly rumeo and juliet rumeo and juliet juliet beautiful (laughs) okay we need to stop drinking great great episode though all around amazing let's cheers to that and then i think it's time to get into superlatives absolutely okay superlatives time yes blazer best dressed 
Uh, mine was a tie. I'm just going to say who I initially thought, though, which was Maddie. I feel like it was her birthday. What I, outfit? Based her on birthday what? outfit. And I also, it's because I watched the behind the scenes. Okay. They said it was Marc Jacobs. Yeah. I liked the little M charm that was for Maddie on the uh-huh. sleeve. And I also liked her, like, di- her, like, rhinestone robe, like, when she was at home, like, nannying. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I don't know. I just felt like it, it was her birthday, so I'm going to let her take the cake. Fair enough. I'm going to say Jules. I like the uh, the pants, the thong, like, sports mm-hmm. bra situation with the eyeliner and the necklace. The two buns were cool, too. Yeah. About that. Um, although, Cal gets an honorable, honorable mention for the head wrap. <laughs> What a look. Iconic. (laughs) An icon. Worst dressed. Cassie. Cassie. I'm actually going to go Cat. I thought the the birthday party dress plus gloves. Oh, I love that. Not working for me. Oh, my God. Look at best dress. I put Maddie or Cat. No, it wasn't working for me. The color was so so drab and like lame. It was totally unflattering. And then the swimsuit she had on was like weird and like not well fitted. I don't know. After like looking good for a few episodes, I feel like in this episode they made her so dumpy. I didn't. Maybe maybe that's it. why she stormed off set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I actually I loved her outfit, so I will argue like I put her as best dressed. Um, worst dress, I just put Cassie just because she's a hot mess. I love her, but yeah. like hot fucking mess. Can't argue with that. Bay. Of the episode. I said Cal. <laughs> Cal. Cal. Like, he calls it... He calls all the shots. Cal fucking nails everyone to the wall, and it's amazing. He calls himself a Rottweiler. Like, that's fucking insane, but hilarious. <laughs> it's something to behold. <laughs> all right, what about your big purple dirty rat bastard? Rue. Rue, yeah. Rue. Because despite... All my emotions, despite all the feels, and I know she's going through it. Meaning, I obviously I'm not an idiot. I understand, like she's dealing with addiction. Like that's not something to just go, oh, like of course. Like I understand why she's being addicted, but it doesn't dismiss. Doesn't dismiss like hurting someone. She's hurting jewels. Also, a great time to mention the the theory we had last week that Rue just got that entire suitcase of drugs just to do them was correct. Which is just extra dark. Like, there's no way out. She has no plan to, like, recoup that money. No. She's just completely she fucked. She swallowed, like, she's four just gone. benzos she's... as soon as she got home. It's no, like... she's completely spiraled into, like, an absolute, like, no way out. I know. Like, pit. Like, she's fucked. Um, so, yeah, same. Class clown. A cow. Cow. <laughs> Pissing all over the family. Wrestling foyer. the bodyguard. Like... Amazing. Wrestling the bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> and just like chuckling like a manic psycho. Like even before all that shit. Like when Nate was like packaging Maddie's gift. He was just like. <laughs> like in the kitchen. Like yeah. he was like cheers to my dumbass son. And like being an idiot. Yeah. Mr. Big Balls <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Mr. Big it. Balls gets class clown. Same. All right. Best song. I actually, so I already know yours and I agree with yours, but mine to be like different, I chose Trademark USA by Baby Keem. Do you listen to Baby Keem? Baby Keem. No, but he's going to be at Coachella. Yeah. He's like Kendrick Lamar's like mini me. And (laughs) uh, for my job, I like, you know, I don't need to describe it, but I uploaded like his whole tour for like my job the other day. Cool. So Paige loves Baby Keem. No, but I had to listen to it to like understand it and stuff. And I was like, 
I like this. So I was like surprised to see him in Euphoria because I thought he was more new, but I guess not. He's like lit. All right, there you go. It's a good song. Uh, mine was the uh, the Drink Before the War by Sinead O'Connor, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong because I don't know how to pronounce Irish. I don't either. Shit, but it's good though. Um, yeah, that's the cal- the song Cal puts on in the bar, in yeah. the gay bar to dance to. I thought it was an old. It sounds almost like like an '80s like. I think song. it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Sinead's from the, the 80s and 90s. Oh, cool. Because I was going to say, it sounds like a throwback. Yeah. Um, also love uh, Need You Tonight by NXS. There's a lot Great of songs. Song. And I like the... I like that Cal's like, go-to band is NXS. Love like this before. Yeah. That one I love, too. That's yeah, a good yeah. one. There are a lot of good songs in this one. I also naturally love the James Blake Labyrinth song in the chapel. Like That was lit. Nah. Oh, I forgot to mention too. Like, I know it's like minor, but I actually like really liked how the like episode ended on Cassie and that like weird rose scene. I know we kind of touched on mm-hmm. it, but that was a really like impactful, like strong ending to like a psycho episode. Like, mm-hmm. her eyes are just fucking bloodshot red and veiny, and she's just like sobbing. It's like very like intense. It's like a midsummer moment. Yeah, it was good. I liked that. It was a good, like, strong way to end, Fed like, a psycho real, like, episode. Or referential vibes of the episode. Yeah, it was needed. It was good. So needed. So, I think it's that time for All Change right. My Mind, bitch. Sweet-ass episode. Let's uh, change pace and talk about last week's episode for just a second. Yeah, it, and honestly, it's kind of a mixture, which is fine. What do the people want us to change our minds on? So, the first one. A listener wrote in and said, Tired of Euphoria fans when Rue starts exhibiting traits of long-term addict. Maybe it's because I grew up around crackheads, or maybe it's because I have common sense, but I was not shocked at all when she was talking about gaslighting her friends and family to hide her addiction. It's almost like crazy, but addiction ruins relationships, mental health, and life in general. Sorry if that was aggressive, but I will defend Rue with my whole being. So I will say this. I think what this listener was saying is we kind of talked about Rue being like annoying in that episode, how she kind of tricked and bamboozled Gia by being like, if I don't like smoke weed, I'll be suicidal. And you and I like agree that that was manipulative. So I think this person's like contradicting it saying I've been around like people who have drug addictions. Like, yes, you're like, I get it. But also like that could be a real thing. Like addiction does like fuck up your life. So I think she was kind of saying like, I don't know. I don't think we ever said that that was unrealistic. I I did. I know I did though. Cause I I, like listened and was like, did I say that? Oh really? No, I, I didn't like say it like that, but I definitely said like, I don't actually think she's suicidal. I think she's just saying that as an extreme to like get what she wants in that moment, which is like, I'm Mm. gonna, I'm sorry, but I'm high. And like, she wants Gia off her back. So I, what's the what's the change our minds there? Like, because that sounds like what she's we saying, said, like, which is that like people that are drug addicts will go to any lengths, like no matter how depraved, including like busting up their family. She's to, defending like, Rue. She's defending Rue. She says, "I will defend Rue with my whole being," which in that moment you and I were not defending Rue. We were like, "She's being a real bitch ass. Like she's using her family. She's doing some stuff." I say uh, move on because we're there's not actually a change our minds. We're both in agreement that Rue's about Rue's behavior, which yeah. is that it's horrible, and we're also sympathetic to Rue and understand that her behavior is that of an addict, which totally. is what this person also seems to be saying. Agree, but also sorry that you had to grow up around that. That sucks. Like, yeah, I mean, if I've misinterpreted that, please let me no, know. No, I'm but saying, it sounds like we're all. All I'm saying is at the end of that, like. 
It sounds on like a human awesome level, person. I'm really sorry that you know about all this because of personal right. experience. That sucks. Yeah, I just mean it sounds like we're all in agreement that re- yes. behavior is a realistic depiction yes. of what addicts will do to keep doing drugs. Yeah, all, I, all I'm owning up to is that I was definitely like, I think she's just throwing the suicide to like get Gia to like feel bad for her. Mm, and she's kind of saying like, I don't think so. I think people really deal with that. Like I've been uh, around it. Does I that see. make sense? So it was all. She's about defending Rue. Like she's saying, like, don't say that. Like, so I the actually, suicide yeah. threat wasn't fake. It was real. It was real in that moment. It was like raw, just yeah. coming out of the seams. Kind Fair of enough. Thing. I don't know that. I, I don't know if I like agree or disagree. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I know yet either. This one's funny. Um, just a hot take. I have to just agree and not change your mind that Elliot is a piece of shit. <laughs> and I just had to read that because that's funny. Yeah. Someone just said hot take. Elliot is an absolute piece of shit. I love the uh, the concurrence. I love the aggressiveness. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. Someone keep, said. Keep being spicy. Someone said, "I can truly see the change in Nate. I really feel like he is in love with Cassie, and he's obviously trying to sort out stuff with Maddie, but he really just doesn't know where he's at in life. And I feel like you guys always shit on Nate, but he really is trying with Cassie, and I truly do think they are going to have a relationship. Mm, I love your podcast. Just started listening. Oh, thank you." Um, I think this episode probably disproves that more than like anything we could say, but yeah. I guess you and I interpreted this episode pretty differently in terms of Nate and his relationship to Cassie. So maybe not, maybe it's still a big TBD. I don't know. To I me, think it's a TBD for me. To me, this episode was like very clearly like Nate is not into Cassie. He's trying to like distance himself. He really doesn't care. It's like half ass, but you interpreted things differently. So I'm not that confident in saying that. So maybe this is still uh kind of on the table. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't guess. Know. I mean, like I said earlier, he's been very closed off, so we don't have much insight into where he's at. The last one I have for you. This listener says, "Hear me out. The song that Lexi was listening to and riding her bike is really good. I know it sounds like screaming, but Laura Less is one half of a hundred. What is it? Gex. Hundred Gex. Gex. Yeah. Listen to Han." Crashed by a mallet high as fuck, and you'll see with a bunch of cute emojis. <laughs> um, don't have a problem with it. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I will always act like there is music that's objectively good and bad, but yes. like, that's clearly wrong. Music's completely like subjective to the listener. And hyper pops, um, honestly, it's more, it's more for me than uh, a lot of people. I'm kind of into a lot of it um that style that's a little more on the screamo-esque end of it really doesn't do it for me so that song's not for me but um i see the point and i don't hate it like i like some hundred gex stuff and i do think it's like fitting for the episode so a valid a valid recontextualization of the use of that song i I also like when people talk about music like that like alex and i were literally just joking before we podcasted that like i'm obsessed with labyrinth i think his score makes the show Alex never shits on it, but he like often like Sometimes jokes about it and like thinks it's funny. Like he's I just still like, find all the it. like, huh? woo, woo, and, like I still all... find it a bit silly at times. <laughs> it's a little hard to take it seriously in some of the scenes when they're just like, woo. Yeah, like he doesn't like all the random like yelping and labyrinth. <laughs> but I like like it. 
So like, I, I'm all I'm saying is music. Just certain types of music are not for everybody. He's like the like he's like gospel like Migos. Like he has like all his weird little like yes. background oh, like vocal that's such a like ad libs. Gospel like, Migos is labyrinth. He has his weird little like yelps and yes. like ad libs that he like throws in. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know if this really does it for me, but doesn't do it for us, but it does it for me. So yeah, I I, I feel our listener. I get it. But yep. thanks for writing in, everyone. That's so sweet of you. And yeah, just, appreciate the responses. Yeah, we got a lot this time. I had to narrow it down to only a couple, but maybe next week we can do some more. But this one was like a much longer episode because we had so much to unpack. Also, I think it's mm-hmm. fair that this one was much longer because it's the halfway mark. Well, I really it's like, like this mini, episode like, season too. Finale. I mean, this was one of my favorite episodes <laughs> of Euphoria ever, if not my favorite. So it had to happen. It warranted like a thorough, yeah, a thorough dissection. I agree. Well, I think we did a great job, and I can only imagine what's going to happen in episode five. I'm, like, scared. Can only imagine. Only fucking imagine. Well, uh, should we cheers? I mean... Can you, uh, can you re-imagine? Oh, my God. Rumination? Can you re-imagine I can rumination that next episode's going to be fire. Can you fire. Re- re-imagine it? <laughs> I just hope that Cassie, like, I hope she knows all the hangover, you know, all the hangover cures. I hope she knows the cure of the dog. I hope uh, she's okay. Nothing's going to cure that hangover. She's fucked. Well, also, Miss Miss Howard obviously sucks at, like, hangover cures. She's hungover all the time and fucking drinking wine on the couch left and right. So, like, she's not going to be a great influence. So, I feel like someone like you or I need to, like, I wish we could, like, intervene and help Cassie out. She like, needs... look, girl, all right. You need a, bon- a giant bong rip. You need, like, a bacon, a egg, and rip. cheese. No, she needs, like, a weed pen. She's way too off her handle. She needs something small to start out with. Like, a weed okay, pen. Fair. Yeah, Fair. bacon, egg, and cheese, everything bagel with some avocado. Bloody Mary. She needs a shower, but not Probably so two aggressively. Not a 4 a.m. shower where she's scrubbing her body raw. No, like a nice no. shower or bath. Maybe a, a bath. Is More a of a salts. bath. A shower is a lot of work when you're. Yeah, maybe listen to some labyrinth. Some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so relaxing. Yeah, I think she could use that. Like a face mask, you know. I'm, I'm envisioning a lot for her, but bike it in. let's cheers and just hope that Cassie gets better. I hope she's, I just want her to do better. Um, I'm going to cheers to, Cal. Uh, I'm going to cheers to Cal's continued journey to well, disowning the entire Jacobs family. And if you're going to, it's also like we can be comedic, but I'll also cheers to Cal being like super vulnerable and like literally saying like, I feel like I can't emotionally connect to any of you. And that's hard to say sometimes. No, I mean it. He disowned his entire family for a valid reason and it works and makes yeah. sense and I don't blame him. Fuck them. And the head wrap works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Cheers to the wrap. state champ, Cal. Yeah, the wrestling champ. Baby. All right, Euphorians, we will see you next Tuesday, bitches. See Hope you enjoyed that episode. Next Tuesday. Like today's episode? Great. We love that for you. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a podcast review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever the fuck you listen to us weekly. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at so underscore euphoric for all the euphoria updates you could ever possibly want in your life. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out, bitches.